what you think is a solution might not actually be the solution and maybe they have a solution that's you know better than what you had thought Hey podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 69 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you get nitty-gritty techniques, tips, and strategies to make more money with email marketing and sales funnels in your business. Now, today, I'll be talking to Matt Paulson. Uh, Matt's a buddy of mine. I met him or know him through a uh, forum called the Dynamite Circle, and uh, he is just... He is real smart, he's real switched on, and he's got a great business. And today we're going to talk about the seven deadly sins of first-time entrepreneurship. Now, this is something that a lot of people don't talk about, especially online, because you know often we're all chasing, you know, everyone's chasing the, the latest and greatest tip and um, you know strategy or magic bullet sort of system, and we don't often talk about too much about entrepreneurship, at least in the internet marketing field. So that's what's great about Matt. So we're going to talk about the myth of hard work. Do you really need to work hard, or maybe you're not working hard enough? Okay, another thing, which uh, another issue, which could only be described as being a bitch and uh, you will talk more about that in just a second and then the other thing worth mentioning is whether you should be a people pleaser or not because in business you know we exist to serve the market but you might go a little bit too far with that so we're going to talk about people pleasing in this episode too to get the show notes for this episode of the mcmethod email marketing podcast go to the mcmethod.com slash 69 now this week this week's mcmasters inside of the week is this email marketing is a piece of the overall puzzle Okay, so what I mean by that, we've been talking about this on some of the training webinars inside McMasters. Now, McMasters is uh, the private training community I've got for people who want to, you know, learn more about email marketing and sales funnels and make more money in their business. There's a forum and webinars. One of the parts of the membership is these training webinars. And one thing that we've been going, uh, we've been going through lately, is this issue of email marketing. It's a piece of the overall puzzle. It's not the whole. uh, It's not the puzzle. Right, so some people come in and they think, well, I'm going to use, uh, you know, an autoresponder, and that's going to totally change my business. And unfortunately, it just doesn't work like that. Okay, an email marketing or your your autoresponder is a piece of the overall sales funnel and the overall marketing strategy for your product, for your company. Okay, and when you understand that, then you start to look at, well, maybe my weak point is not the autoresponder. Maybe I need a better sales page, or maybe I need uh, better traffic. Maybe I need to be split testing. There's a range of different, you know, directions you can go in. Harry Marshall talks about this in 80-20 sales of marketing. So that's the uh, the insight of this week is don't focus on email marketing to the exclusion of everything else. Don't treat email marketing like it's a magic bullet. And sometimes it can be portrayed that way. Uh, it's not. Okay. It's not a magic bullet. It's a piece in the overall puzzle and you need to treat it that way and think, is it good to devote your resources in that area or should you be doing something else? Okay. That's a very important question to ask. I've got one review this week. This one is from Matthew DP. Matthew says, well, five stars. And he says, the absolute best way to learn email marketing. I've been listening to John's podcast from episode one. John has brought on some of the best email marketers onto the show and drops knowledge bombs on a regular basis. Keep up the good work. So just a quick little review from Matthew. Thanks for the review, Matthew. I love getting these. So if you want to leave a review, go to iTunes. Uh, It's a bit of a clunky interface. Go to the store. You can search for the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast. If you just search for McMethod, you might be able to find it too. Leave me a review. Tell me what you think about the show. So that's it. Let's get into today's interview with Matt Paulson on the seven deadly sins of first-time entrepreneurship. 
It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Matt Paulson to talk about the seven deadly sins of first-time entrepreneurship. Now, I met Matt on the uh, forum for kind of people who work online and do a bit of traveling and uh, all that sort of stuff. And uh, I mean, this is the first time we've spoken, but he uh, sent me an email out of the blue a couple I think it was a couple days ago or a week ago, telling me that he's uh, he's writing a new book. I think it was on forty different uh, forty different things, forty cool rules in this book, which we'll talk about in a bit. And I uh, said, well, why don't we why don't we get on the podcast and we'll talk about some of these rules? Because uh, Matt's had some really good success online, uh, especially with email marketing, but also just with business in general. And uh, he's just really switched on. So I thought, uh, you know, get him on, find out what uh, what his thoughts are and all this stuff. So it's going to be a little bit about email, but also some more of the general business stuff, which, uh, you know, whether you're kind of that new to the game or whether you've been doing it for a while, it can be really, really helpful to kind of either revisit this stuff if you've already heard it before or kind of just knuckle down. Like this is fundamental stuff that's really, really important and uh, it does help at any time to kind of brush up on it. So we'll get into it. The seven deadly sins of first-time entrepreneurship. Matt, how are you going? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Good, man. Good. Really. It's good to have you on. It's good to finally connect, man. Yeah, it's uh, good to be on the show. Um, Maybe I should take a moment just to introduce myself to your audience because I assume most of these people don't know who I am. Go for it. Um, so I have three different businesses. Um, the first is called Analyst Trading Network. I publish a daily investment newsletter to, I think, 93,000 subscribers now. So that ends up being being several million emails a month. And we do, um, I saw email ads against that. And there's a premium sponsorship. So we've got maybe 2,000 people paying me 15 bucks a month for um, kind of the continuity program where it's basically a premium version of the email newsletter. Uh, two other businesses. One is called GoGo Photo Contest. And that business uh, helps animal shelters and humane societies raise money um, by offering a photo contest fundraisers. So people can, humane societies can run a contest, people can vote, and then like you pay a dollar per vote. And at the end of the contest, whoever wins gets some kind of prize. Uh, third business is called Lightning Releases. It's uh, kind of a press release writing and distribution business. And I've that that business kind of came about a couple years ago because I was issuing some press releases for uh, through PR Web and some of those other guys that for some stuff for Analyst Trades Network. And I was not very impressed with the results for what I was paying for. And I kind of figured, you know, I, I bet I could make a distribution network that's as good for not nearly the price. And um, so far, you know, we're selling a couple hundred of those a month. So uh, people must be agreeing with us. So that's kind of the three businesses I'm running right now. And I'm also obviously in the process of writing a book titled 40 Rules for Internet Business Success. We can talk about that more a little bit later. Cool. Cool. Because what I think what, what I think I like about what you're up to is that it's not your it's not your typical internet marketing thing with, you know, like an information product and, you know, a bit of paid traffic or something like that. Like you've kind of got your own thing going on, which I mean, at least in my sort of network, I don't really know many people doing it the way you're doing it, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I think what a lot of people do is, you know, as if you're teaching internet marketing to people, you need to make money teaching internet marketing to people. I've already got, you know, a business that generates a crap ton of cash, so I can sell a book for eight dollars and not really worry about whether or not I get people paying me twelve hundred bucks for some kind of webinar product. I've already got the money, so it's more about just kind of getting the information out there and you know building a personal brand. So it's ho- hopefully a lot of value for the eight ten bucks the book is going to cost in a month or so. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, let's get into the the seven deadly sins of first time entrepreneurship. You mentioned a few of them before we hit record, but uh, I'm 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 excited to dig in. Let's let's get into it. What's number one? Sure. The first uh, deadly sin is not doing enough work to get your business off the ground. I see a lot of people. You know, I get a lot of people that say, "Hey, Matt, can I buy you lunch? I want to ask you about your business. I'm thinking about starting one." And they'll tell me what they want to do and that they're really excited and they're getting started. And I'd see him again two or three months later, and then they've done maybe 10 or 20 hours of work in that three-month period. Um, so 
if you're going to start a business, um, you need to be working on it. And assuming you have a full-time job for 40 hours a week, you need to be spending another 15 or 20 hours a week working on that business until you launch. It's going to be a lot of work. And I think you have to um, put really put a deadline out there and say, I'm going to launch on this date, regardless of what it takes to you know have happen to, to do that. Mm. Um because I think if, if you don't if you don't have like a real kind of deadline for a launch date, it's uh, easy just to push it off and push it off and um, work slowly and just you, you you tend to never get it done. Or if you get it done, it's way beyond the point where it's going to be valuable to anybody. Right, and the I think the the challenge. I mean, Dan mentions this. I mean, we both know Dan on Tropical MBA, and he mentions this where a lot of people get into the internet game because they want to be able to make money. You know, get that passive income and you know make a lot of money without doing much work. And yeah, it's yep. possible, and it's it's a very real thing. And plain people are doing it right now, but that's not how it starts. Is that if you want to get to that point, part of the journey, or you know, you got to go through that valley of death where you are working your ass off because there's so much you have to not not only just to get stuff done. There's just so much you have to learn um, in terms of you know basic skills and also mindset shifts that you have to make to be the sort of person that makes passive income. Absolutely, I think. You know, I've got businesses where I don't do much work on a daily basis, but, you know, setting them up, there was a lot of work to make that happen. I mean, you think about people like, you know, Tim Ferriss and how he had the, the supplements business that he supposedly worked on a handful of hours a week. It's like, you know that he was working a whole bunch just to get to that point so he could do that for a few months to, um, you know, make it a big thing. Um, yeah. The true, pass, the true passive income business just doesn't exist. And you're somebody's doing work somewhere, whether it's you or like a virtual assistant you hire or a software that you set up, it's work's going to be happening. It's, you know, it's, you really can't avoid it. It's almost like we, uh, the irony of it's like we all want to build a business, like we've got to work hard, but then we want to skip the working hard bit. But if you skip that, then you don't really have, you're not, you're never going to get the business. Yep. So let's, uh, let's move on to mistake number two. Let's do it. And that's, uh, that's worrying about problems before they're actually problems. Um, so I, I see some people that you know, are start, starting businesses and they come up with these huge kind of responses to things that aren't going to be issues for a year or two down the line. Um, for example, let's say you know, you're going to have a website and you think it's going to get some traffic, um, hopefully a lot. And so you go out and you buy a dedicated server right away. And that's 250 300 bucks a month when really you could get away with a $5 a month Bluehost account or whatever the you know, cheap option is somewhat reliable. Yep. You can always move down to that dedicated server later. You don't need to get it from day one. Um, so I think it's, um, you really have to work, you know, think about what issues am I actually facing now and not, you know, what could possibly be an issue 18 months from now. And that might mean you have some manual processes when you first get started and, you know, not everything's going to be automated and, you know, that that's okay. Um, you start automating and systematizing stuff when it really kind of becomes a pain in the butt. But until that happens, there's not really a good business reason to do that. That reminds me of Perry Marshall and, and the whole 80-20, these 80-20 sales and marketing. We had a bit of a podcast on it, but this idea that at any point in time, you know, out of 10 things that, that you can focus on, there's probably one, two, maybe three that you really should actually focus on. Um, sure. I've noticed this with, I'm building kind of, all, right now it's in kind of the optimization stage. We've got ads running on Facebook to a, a sales funnel for some of my products. And uh, <laughs> before I started, it's kind of like, well, I need a paid shopping cart and I need some sort of advanced email software and I need this and I need that. And uh, when I kind of stepped back and kind of thought, what do I actually have to do? What's the, what's the real problem here? The real problem is I didn't need a shopping cart because I can just use PayPal for now. PayPal's not yep. perfect, but it'll do the job. I don't need the yep. advanced email. I think I've already got AWeb. AWeb is, once again, it's not going to do all the advanced stuff, but it'll do the job for right now. And so a bunch of things like that. So by eliminating all this extra stuff that I 
didn't really need to do. It's not really a problem yet. It kind of makes me feel maybe a little bit less, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, something, it's sort of that dopamine rush when you go out and buy a dedicated server or say, um, you know, a nice shopping cart or something like that. But uh, yep. you kind of eliminate all that and then you can just focus on really what needs to happen. It's like building, usually the, what needs to happen is building a sales funnel, figuring out how you're going to really connect your product with the marketplace and sell it. And uh, this kind of thinking I've found for me, it's been pivotal in, uh, in helping me to grow the business. So. I, I totally agree. I think when you, you try to do some of those fancy things too early, um, you might end up not solving the problem in the right way. Um, you know, it's the, I guess the, the term is premature optimization of your business. Mm. So it's like, you know, I think I need, you know, this big, you know, d- dedicated Windows server when actually, actually I need a Linux server. And it's like, oh, well, then I have to go get another server down the line anyway. So I didn't really save myself any time. Or you think that the kind of the, autoresponder series looks like this and or the email marketing funnel looks like this but then later on when you have a whole bunch of people in it you find out you know that doesn't really work um you didn't set it up right to begin with because you didn't really know what you were doing yet so it's i I totally agree that you are on the right track to do just kind of just enough work to you know uh to kill whatever you're trying to kill ahead of time let's let's go on to mistake number three okay that's uh not talking to your customers kind of when you're doing product development so I think uh, you know some people don't talk to their customers um, when they're building a product because they I think they already understand what what problem that you're trying to solve or what your customers are thinking and I I don't think you can rely on that um, you know when you talk to customers they tend to throw wrenches kind of into your thought processes and they they give you more work to do <laughs> and it's really easy to ignore those things but it's it's just not the right way to do it um, because your your vision to solve a problem might not be the same as your customers. And you just won't see the problem the same way your customer sees it. What you think is a solution might not actually be the solution. And maybe they have a solution that's you know better than what you had thought. But you won't know that if you don't talk to them. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is huge, whether it's customers or prospects. When, you know, I tell people a lot that you got to have empathy and you got to do surveys. And if you can, get on the phone with them. Um, but this is, you know, this is a good issue in that before you create even products that, you know, marketing aside that yeah you need to talk to them and often I find like the big challenge is really finding out like what's the real problem that you're trying to solve like it's easy enough to kind of go in and be like well I'm going to solve this problem but sure. what you really want to do is, is is talk to the customer talk to the prospect and find out like what's the real what's the actual problem that he's trying to solve and uh, why things like why does he want to solve it because if you come out of you know guns blazing I'm trying to give you an example like um with email copywriting, for example, I might have a you know have a product on how to write an autoresponder. But what people might want to you know, because I thought people want to learn how to write emails. But maybe what people need and want is to be a copywriter, and then they can use that as part of their autoresponder thing, or for sales letters, or something like that. Now, I, people seem to <laughs> they like the course. <laughs> this isn't actually a problem. But if it was, mm-hmm. maybe people don't actually care about autoresponders. They just want to know how to write stuff that converts and you know sell stuff. In which case, I'd be better off creating a different product with a more focus sure. on that. But I wouldn't know that if I hadn't spoken to the customers. Yeah, or maybe they don't even want to learn how to write autoresponders. They just want you to write one for them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah. there's, yeah, I think uh, I mean, it, it really, this really goes back to uh, really understanding your market while you're building your product. I see this a lot with uh, software people that they, you know, want to build the next great software as a service product or some app and they think they know exactly how it's going to work and then they end up doing a bunch of work and uh, it turns out that they kind of built the wrong tool to, to solve the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that happen a lot. All right, then let's do uh, number four. Yeah, that's uh, waiting for permission. Um, I think you know people that are first-time entrepreneurs, um, they, we, they, they tend to think that they need to get an endorsement from somebody, um, whether that's like a trusted kind of friend or family member that says, yeah, you can do this, or um, some kind of person that they look up to. 
you know, often this, often this ends up being people like Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas. So it's like, um, you might, I, I've actually heard somebody say like, I emailed Pat Flynn to ask him if my, my business idea was good, but he never got back to me. Um, so it's like, really, that's the, the thing that's going to stop you from starting your business. So you're telling me it's Pat Flynn's fault that your business that never got off the ground. It's not your fault. In reality, is, and you don't need anyone's permission to start a business. Um, you just can't wait on anyone else. Um, you don't need to ask permission. You need to kind of blaze your own path and just really move forward and not expect to get a pat on the back from yeah. some, some big name. I mean, that, that, the pat on the back is going to be you know five years down the line when you've got a million-dollar business and they'll say, hey, good job. Yeah, and I think there's an element here where, where people, when they want the permission, it's kind of like people, when people start, there's a huge fear of failure. As though like, you know, failing is something to be avoided and that if you can get to a green light from Pat Flynn or a mentor or a friend, maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's going to mean your business is going to be successful. But if they say no, well, you're probably in for a world of hurt and pain and, you know, you're never going to make any money. But Yeah, but those... Those, those people can be wrong too. I mean, they don't always know everything. I think they almost always are wrong. Like it's kind of like if you, it's not even really about what they say. If you have the sort of determination and, and, and grit and persistence that, you know, you're going to go out there, you're going to fail. Like that's just par for the course. But if you're the sort of, you're the sort of person that's just going to go through that and be like, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to figure it out. There's no way you can lose. I mean, you might die, get hit by a bus, but assuming that doesn't happen, sooner I think sooner or later, you're going to be successful because it's, it's more about that atti- having that attitude it's not about the people that tell you, hey, yeah, you can go and do it. Here's, here's permission. No, but I think, you know, if, if you look at like, you start with the Internet Business Mastery guys and Pat Flynn kind of did his own thing, you know, without uh, really asking for permission from them. And all of a sudden he's, you know, bigger than they are. And then, you know, John Lee Dumas sees Pat Flynn doing podcasts, you know, all of a sudden he's bigger than Pat Flynn. It's, mm. you know, you shouldn't see that, you know, it's the, the person you're looking up to is somebody to copy and to do exactly what they're doing, it's like, you know, where is he missing the mark? How can I be uh, 10 times better than he is or she is? And uh, sure, I mean, granted, half the stuff you're going to do isn't going to work. I've got, you know, a list of failed business ideas a mile long. But, uh, but you know, that's part of the process. You, 80% of the crap you're going to do is never going to work. And, you know, that's just failure is part of the process. But 20% will, and you can maximize that and really... Uh, yeah, uh, make it happen. That reminds me of another one. I don't know if this is one of your rules, but I think it's worth bringing up is the issue of focus. Uh, I watched a video a while back of this. I, can't I think it was the editor of the Entrepreneur Magazine. One of that. It was about the uh, the you know the habits of super achievers. I think the productivity habits, something like that. And uh, mm-hmm. this whole presentation, an hour and a half, boiled down. They're really just saying the best guy, like richest guys in the world, you know, Richard Branson, billionaires. What these guys do to be so successful is they just focus. They've got mm-hmm. one thing on their like one main strategic goal right now. And that yep. only stuff that they will do or accept on their plate, whether it's interviews or books to write or whatever it happens to be, has to be related to that objective. And if it's not related, they just, period, don't do it. They're 100% focused on that objective. But if you look at most people when they first start getting into business, they want to go in, you know, they check, especially with online, I might be like, oh, I'm going to do some e-commerce. And then when that kind of doesn't take off straight, it's like, oh, I'm going to go do some affiliate marketing. It's like, oh, I'm going to go create maybe an e-book. Oh, I'm going to do a blog over here. And, and they're kind of running in 10 directions at once or even like five, four or five directions at once. And what you really need is yep. one direction. And even yep. once you kind of get that knuckled down, you need like, so like within my business right now, I feel like I could go in a bunch of, I got one focus, but I could go down client work, I could go down paid stuff, I could go down consulting and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of different directions and I really, I know that I need to focus on just one at a time if I'm going to make any progress. Sure. I think uh, that is one of the, one of the, the sins and uh, uh, what's his name? Tim Conley did a, a great job of, of naming that as shiny object syndrome. Yeah. So it's like you, you work on something and it's like, ooh, there's a shiny object over there. I'm going to go work on that. And then, you know, a month later, you've got like five half finished, finished projects and then there's nothing done and you're always moving on to a bigger, better deal and you never actually launch a product. And uh, 
you're not really getting anywhere and you're not really able to to learn from like the experience that you have and getting one thing done it's you're you know doing the same work five times but you're not you're not really seeing any results so you don't really know what you did right or what you did wrong yeah yeah i kind of had that happen when i was in i was october last year i went to you know dc bangkok the, the conference in bangkok and i uh, came back and i'd kind of been working for a few months on a supplement business with a guy here in thailand and mm-hmm. uh, realized that the whole reason i got into that was because that was where i was going to make a whole ton of money and i got back and uh, it didn't stopped feeling right and all of a sudden i realized that i kept looking for stuff that i thought was going to make me you know a millionaire and uh, yep. whether it was e-commerce or supplements or even you know marketing and stuff i kept looking for the best thing that's going to make it and then i kind of stopped and thought well hang on if i could just focus on this email marketing business if that's all mm-hmm. i did could it be a huge business I'm like, yeah it probably could be so it's like why even worry about all that other stuff because every time i got to go back to the beginning and learn a whole new set of skills and market and all that sort of stuff why not just focus 100 percent on this and see where I can take it. And that's kind of that's that was October last year, and things are things are better than ever now. So I totally agree. So are you on your path to becoming a millionaire yet? <laughs> I'm on the path. <laughs> I'm not a millionaire. Yep. So I uh, actually became a millionaire I think earlier this year, and it was mostly because I focused on one thing and I really maximized it. You know, Analyst Trainings Network. It gets you know money from paid you know from uh, display ads, from email subscriptions, from email ads, and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I just focused on it for basically three years straight and didn't really do all that much else. And, uh, you know, three years later, I've got, you know, close to 100,000 subscribers just by focusing on, the, on that one thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's, I, I remember reading a part of that story. And I think you posted that in the DC, in the brag thread. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm wait, I'm Love waiting. that thread. <laughs> So this thread for the listener, this is a thread inside the DC, the Dynamite Circle. It's a, um, like a paid private forum thing. And uh, this is thread in there, someone called the bragging threads. Anyone who makes a lot of money or has some sort of big win in their business posts a, you know, a picture of the, you know, one guy posted a picture of his tax, um, what was it like his tax invoice or something for $2 yeah, million? Yeah, he had like a five million, yeah, several million dollar tax bill. <laughs> Oh, uh, so, so anyway, so it's great little motivation. But um, back on the focusing, you know, that's uh, I love hearing those kind of stories because, like, all right, so like it's on the right track. So if you're listening to this and you've got five projects going, maybe you've only got one and you just focus down on it. This is your uh, reminder that you need to just stay focused on that yep. for another couple of years. And you, you kind of, I mean, it depends on what you're doing. If you're selling maybe like chicken coops or you know nail polish remove, I don't know how big the markets are, but some tiny, tiny, tiny little market, and the market size is yep. not going to support your million dollar dream. Maybe you need sure. a new, uh, you know, a new business. <laughs> but for most people, they just need to focus. You can make a lot of money in some tiny markets. So yeah, I mean, I think you spend, you know, oh, you know, you spend enough time to realize, you know, this is a big opportunity. I've got the right market. I see customers that I can contact easily through whatever method. I see they have a problem. I think I can solve it. It's like once you kind of have those, you kind of you have those bases down. Then that's when you sprint and you say, "All right, I'm gonna look forward. I'm not gonna get distracted by looking to the side. This is the one thing I'm gonna do, and then I'm gonna do it until it's done before I look at something else." Yeah, there was something that I found that really made it click for me. I think was. Like it's scary when I was like, wow, I just want to focus on this one thing and I hadn't really done it yet. But once I finally kind of committed myself just to this business, it, it changed things. It's like something kind of shifted in my head and all of a sudden it became less about trying to find like that opportunistic mindset, which is I think very typical of like a, a new entrepreneur where you're always chasing another opportunity. But really the, the secret of getting very, you know, making a lot of money, it's not about finding the best opportunity. That's what people, I guess, rookies think it's about. But it's, yep. not, it's not about the opportunity. It's about what can you make of, I mean, this sounds so cheesy, but what can you make? of the opportunity so whether it 
Yep. You take you could take anything. There's people making a shit ton of money in so many different areas online that you could do, whether it's e-commerce or affiliates or what you're doing, what I'm doing. Like you could make a ton of money in any of those areas, but you're not going to yep. make money in any of them unless you just focus on one of them. Yeah, and it's really all a matter of execution. It's there are a lot of great opportunities out there, but it's like which one are you going to pick and actually do something about it? Yeah. And you know, once you're doing it a while, you know opportunities that are related just kind of show up out of the word work. I had a company email me like six months ago saying, hey, can I sell uh, ads to your email list? And I said, well, what do the numbers look like? Then they were, they said the, the CPMs tend to be anywhere from you know 50 to $100 CPMs and I get to keep 70% of that. So it's like, let me go, I think 90,000 90, people times 50 bucks, that's 4,500 bucks every time they want to send an email. It's like, sign me up for that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, that, that, that opportunity showed up at my door. It's, you know, not mm. not something, I didn't go looking for new tangential opportunities um, right away. It's interesting how that holds anything. I've had that happen with the podcast where it's showed up on someone's, you know, newsfeed on Facebook. Um, some guy who's, who's probably, a, you know, a big marketer who's, who's a you know, much bigger guy than I am. I'm, I feel like I'm just a little guy. But, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then I'll get an email from him. He's just saying, oh, I was just listening to this episode. Great work. We need to talk about doing some sort of joint venture promotion thing. And it's, it's just crazy how just these little doors start opening. And you'd never get to that stage if you didn't just stick with it and focus on something. Yep. Yeah, the, let's, uh, yeah, the best opportunities will, will show up on your door once you have some momentum going. But let's, uh, let's go back to the, the seven deadly sins. I think we're on number six now. We are. And that's, that's uh, would be building. I mean, we've already talked about this a little bit, but it's uh, building your product or service without doing any marketing up front. Um, I see this a lot with people that write software. Um, I got, you know, I'm, I'm a developer by trade and I have some friends that, you know, have made um, pieces of software. Like I had a, a guy I talked to last week. He built a b- big piece of time tracking software. He spent 300 hours on it and he never did any marketing up front. He put a little website up and obviously he didn't sell a single one. Um, so, you know, when you're, uh, when you're building your product, it's really, I think the matter is, you know, how big of an email list can I build, you know, while I'm doing that? Uh, it's how can I find um, my target audience? How can I get them on a list? How can I reach them easily? And, you know, can I reach them cost effectively, whether that's through, you know, buying an email list or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, or do social media marketing or, or blogging or who knows what. But it's, you know, if you, what's the biggest email list that you can possibly build while building your product? Yeah. And, uh, it's, I mean, this email list thing, I, I should, we should do a podcast on this sometime, but I've, you know, sure. I've spoken to friends here in Thailand where they, maybe they've got a couple of clients, but they want to fire one or a couple of them and they, they need to make money. I'm like, well, if you had an email list, I'm usually like, well, just send an email to your list. You know, you probably got a blog. Send them an email and say, you, you know, you're available for hire. Here's the offer. Here's the cost. But most of these people don't have an email list. And, uh, you know, I use my email list for so many different things, whether it's surveys or, you know, tell them to buy products or buy services or just ask for, you know, just ask for help sometimes, you know, if, yep. <laughs> if I need guests for the podcast or whatever it is. And, um, I mean, for if you're starting a new product, it's absolutely perfect. You, you have an email list. You can't, you know, you can do more <laughs> than just sell it to them. You can ask them to reply to the email. You can see if any of them will jump on Skype with you. You can say open it up for beta testers and give them kind of an inside kind of look into the program and really kind of build it with them because that's really that's really what the marketing is going to come from too. That, that's marketing in itself. But then as you yep. talk to them, you're going to find out what the key problems are, which then once you're done and you really start marketing heavy, that's going to then flow into all the marketing outside of that. That's going to be your headline, your copywriting and your emails and all that stuff. Yeah, that uh, reminds me of Perry Marshall's 80-20. He said it was a marketing book that just came out. Um, you know, he says that you should never ever make a cold call. You should always be, uh, ha- um, you know, kind of stoking the fires and, uh, uh, you know, getting finding a way to make people raise their hands, whether that's through an email list or, 
you know, through some kind of uh, kind of lead that or lead form that you have. Um, if you're just trying to find people out of the blue, it's not a winning game plan. It's, you know, what can you give them so that they'll raise their hand and say, hey, I'm a warm lead, so to speak. Yeah, I'm interested in, say, time tracking or financial stuff or email marketing. Yeah, okay. So let's uh, move on to number seven. That's the, the final deadly sin. Oh. And that's uh, trying to build a product for everyone. Um, so if you, you know, if you try to build a product for everybody, you end up building a product that doesn't really solve anybody's problems. I mean, I have my my investment newsletter business. Excuse me, investment newsletter business. You know, it's primarily geared towards men that are age forty to seventy, have some money, and pick their own stocks that are in the U.S. or Canada. It's like if if I tried to make that for them, and also for thirty year old single moms that have no money, it's uh you know not gonna it's not gonna end up solving the problem for you know the people that are willing to give me money for it. Yeah. And reality is like you or I or anybody that's listening to this podcast, we're probably not the Coca-Cola company. So uh, we just don't have the capability of creating a product that's literally for everyone. I mean, even if you think, you know, Coke isn't for everybody, people that are diabetic or health conscious don't drink it. So it's, you know, the largest brand in the world doesn't even try to build a product for everyone. Yeah. I think there's this, there's this sort of illusion or this myth that, you know, if you help everyone, you can make more money. But like from a marketing perspective or just from like a, you know, businesses, it's really just solving problems, finding problems that you can solve. You can't solve, if you're trying to solve two problems at once, you dilute your effectiveness. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of less about the size of the market or, you know, by trying to get more people in and really being the best, one of the best people in that industry is solving whatever the problem is. So in your case, it's the, you know, these, these guys come to you and for the financial advice, these 40 to 70 year old men who want to invest in America or Canada, if you started talking about what single moms who don't have much money or have a little bit of money or whatever, who, what they want to invest in as well, all of a sudden you'd be diluting the sort of the oomph or that power, the problem solving yep. power of that newsletter. And that's the real problem. It's not the size of the market that really dictates. That's part mm-hmm. of what's going to make up how much money you make. But really it's about yep. how well you're able to solve the problem. Yeah, certainly there are, there are some some markets that are, you know, too small to make a big, you know, make a lot of money off of, but they're, I mean, if there's, if you have, you know, 10,000 possible customers, that's big enough of a market to do something in. Um, I think the, the common piece of advice is to niche down until it hurts. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's, I'm not just, you know, marketing to men and marketing to men that have money that are of this age range that live in this place. And it's like, you know, if, if I niche down too much more than that, then I'm going to be at a point where it's, you know, hard to reach my potential customers. It's, um, Hard to build a product that's, um, you know, I can charge enough to get enough people to sign up for it. But, um, you know, if you can if you can target it down pretty well, you're, you know, not be crazy about it. You're going to have a big enough audience to sell something to. Right. And you can kind of have a lot of fun with it. Like when we were talking before we hit record here about um, like this podcast, you know, it's, it's called, you know, the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast. But, you know, I, I talk a lot about email marketing with the, with the different guests. But... Mm-hmm. The, the, the interesting thing that I've kind of, I guess, realized as I've done it is that what I can talk about anything that's going to help the people who listen to it. And I know that people who listen to it, obviously, they're doing some email marketing or about to or trying. There's a lot of people who are listening to this who probably haven't done anything yet, but they're interested enough to keep listening. And this yep. will act as motivation to do it. But there's, you know, there's people who, they've all got businesses, they've all got you know, problems, you know, they're entrepreneurs at some stage in the journey. And so that kind of means that, that I can talk about email marketing or we can talk about anything across the board that's going to matter to these people. So even when you say niching, you know, niching down to the hurts is cool but it also still gives you a lot of breath in terms of what you yep. can talk about and what you can create and yeah oh yeah so those are the uh seven deadly sins to go over them quickly number one is not doing enough to get your business off the ground number two is worrying about problems before their problems number three is not talking to customers 
Number four is waiting for permission. Uh, number five is shiny object syndrome. And number six is building your product without marketing it. And number seven is trying to build a product for everybody. Cool. I like it. Seven deadly sins. And uh, you mentioned that uh, you've got an email marketing quick tip. I do have a quick tip. And I heard this on uh, the Startups for the Rest of Us podcast this morning. Um, so apparently uh, on Twitter now, you can create an opt-in where you can actually get uh, somebody's email address with one click. Um, so Twitter has these kind of cards that are add-ons for a promoted tweet. So you can promote a tweet and you can say, I want to show this promoted tweet to um, all of my competitors' followers or people that are interested in, say, in my case, like investing in stocks and options and kind of those things. And then underneath the tweet, there's a card and it's got like the 600 by 150 banner on it. Then underneath that, there's a call to action button, and mine just says "Subscribe now free." And if you click that, if you know if somebody clicks that button, Twitter will give you their email address um, just by them clicking on that one thing. So, I can actually get people to sign up for my my newsletter uh, now just by having them click one button on a tweet that they see that's um, shown now to all of my competitors' followers, and that's really cool. And I uh, I haven't been doing this very long, but from what I can tell, the cost is is pretty darn cheap, um, like under under a dollar per follower. Or per email address. That's uh. So they, um, so they, so they click the link and then they're signed up. Or do they need to click the link, go to a page, and their kind of email address is already in the form? They just need to click sign up. No, nope, it's it's just one click, and then after they click it, Twitter will do uh, kind of a behind the scenes um, HTTP get yeah. to whatever kind of marketing automation software you're using to give them your email address, and then you can put them, uh, you know, whatever kind of funnel that you want to. Yeah. So I, I I'm really bullish about it. Um, it's uh, Rob Walling on his uh, product Drip. Um, they wrote a big post on it today. I think it was a guest post, but it's uh, if you go to blog.getdrip.com, you can check it out and kind of see the how-to guide to get that set up. Interesting. Okay, I'll check that out. That's cool. Yep. Okay, and then before we wrap up, is we're right on time. Uh, give us uh, a bit more information about uh, this book that you're writing and when's it, when it's coming out and all that sort of stuff. Sure. So the book title is 40 Rules for Internet Business Success. So it's basically kind of all of the lessons that I've learned on building my businesses during the last seven, eight years so that you can kind of avoid many of the mistakes that I made and build your business faster. Um, so if you want more information about the book, um, if you, it's coming out on July 21st. So after that date, go to the domain 40rulesbook.com and you'll get sent over to Amazon to get the book. Or if you just want to get more information about the book, um, you can follow me on Twitter. My ID is at MatthewDP, D as in dog, D as in pony. And, uh, or you can go to my website. I have an email list there that you can sign up and get some stuff too. It's uh, mattpaulson.com and Paulson is P-A-U-L-S-O-N. Cool. Okay. We'll have all that in the show notes at uh, themcmethod.com. I think by the time this podcast goes live, the book will be live as well. So you'll probably be able to go straight to... Uh, 40rollsbook.com. 40rollsbook.com. I just went to it then actually. It's taking me to uh, your blog post about writing a book. Yep. And I'll get that changed. Interesting. Cool. All right, Matt. It's been really cool to have you on. Thanks for coming. Yep. Thanks for having me, John. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.